0: I'm Yamilka Rodriguez, and this is the Brand Therapist Podcast, where we come together and deep dive into the psychology of branding. We live in a new era that asks us to step up and show our individuality, learn what makes us unique and different in this world. Let's open the door to possibilities so you can win in business, life, and relationships, because Everything starts with you. Hello and
1: welcome to the Brand Therapist Podcast. I am so excited for our guest today, Susan Kamenwa. Susan has over 20 years of experience in talent sourcing, coaching, and leadership development services across Africa. Through her firm, Adelco Consulting, Susan specializes in sourcing exceptional talent across the commercial, nonprofit, and multilateral agency sectors. She has provided strategic HR solutions and has partnered with many international firms to source and place C-suite information technology, finance, engineering, research, healthcare, and other key talent in Africa. Susan strongly advocates for talent location to empower local people and build sustainable communities by reducing poverty levels. Susan is conversant with all labor markets across Aglophone and Francophone, Africa. Her company, Adelco Consulting, is certified women-owned business with We Connect International. Susan is a qualified executive coach and is certified in psychometrist and credible tools for assessing personality and emotional intelligence. She holds a master's in human resource development. We should have called her Dr. Susan Kamenwa, pursuing a PhD in human resources development for Jomo Kenyatta University and Agriculture and Technology University in Kenya. Susan is a leader in her community and is involved in various initiatives to empower young people. And Susan is a dual citizen in Kenya and Australia. Well, welcome, 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 Susan. I'm so excited to have you.
2: Thank you, Yamilka. Thank you so, so much.
1: So I wanted to know, tell us a little bit about what you do in
2: your business. My work is to connect talent and connect leaders with organizations. This is something I'm very passionate about because right from my childhood, leadership has always followed me. I was a young leader in school, from primary school to secondary school, up to university always forming groups and leading and therefore leading is something that I'm very passionate about. And therefore the whole thing about connecting organizations with leaders that can take them forward in terms of their strategic direction is something that inspires me. And that's what led me to start Adelco so that I can work at scale to be able to work with many organizations in Africa to source talent, especially at leadership and senior management level, to be able to ensure that they are achieving the the objectives, whether they're nonprofit social impact organizations that are in Africa to do humanitarian work or whether they're commercial enterprises that have come to provide goods and services of various types the fact that I can stand in that gap and being able to support them to go into the African countries and and source different kinds of talents and skills and connect them and be able to help them achieve that outcome is something that really, really is exciting for me. So that's where Adelco comes from. That is amazing.
1: I love it. So tell me now, you talked a little bit about childhood, so I tell everybody this wouldn't be a Brand Therapist podcast if we didn't talk about childhood. So tell me a story about your childhood and how that connects to what you do today.
2: My childhood was a pretty normal African child, childhood. I grew up in the village surrounded by family, surrounded by extended family. I grew up on ancestral land with grandfathers and grandmothers, you know, a big polygamous family very loving and very, very kind and supportive. And therefore I built a lot of self-confidence and leadership skills around family. The nuclear family, were five of us with mom and dad. Dad was a college tutor and mom was a primary school teacher. And they really, really did influence and inspire me. Dad was one of the most educated people in our village. And therefore everybody came to him to ask for all manner of questions. they need to take their child to college they need to do what and our home was always full of people thinking that my dad can provide all solutions and my dad made sure that he provided solutions and therefore i modeled around him he inspired me in very many ways because he never turned back anybody he always found a way out for everybody that came into our home to ask for advice And he helped a lot of children go into different colleges and access opportunities in government and non-government spaces, leave the country, go to the U.S. Because he was up with it, like he was so informed. It was just his nature. And I modeled so much around him that the whole thing of connecting people and being naturally a resource person is something that I guess I just picked up from there. I picked up from dad, and especially because he was so positive. He was so inspiring. He gave hope. He always told everyone that came, you know, there's an opportunity. You can't get this one, but we'll get you this one. And that, I guess, really shaped me into who I am growing up around dad, but also getting that leadership confidence from growing up in a, such a supportive, big family where you're surrounded by beautiful family, doing the normal things that African children do, going to the river, fetching water. But as you're doing it, you're laughing all the way. You're enjoying love, so much fun, so much laughter but also being able to provide leadership because I'm actually a second born or a first girl. And in a lot of African homes, the first girls were really like the first borns. I don't know about you guys. We're the ones that did most of the work and we got the beatings for everything. So
1: so true. The girls have to do all the work, I have to tell you. We do okay. all
2: the work and we, we get weak when your younger sisters and your younger brothers don't do the work. So I experienced a lot of that from my mom, but, you know, I don't think she realized that she was shaping me into a leader and someone who knew that I have to be at the forefront in terms of providing solutions, you know, in whatever way. So I'd say that really did shape me. I love
1: that. I had you do a test and you came out as the girl next door. Let me read it to you and tell me if this fits your personality. A girl next door sees the world full of people and is attracted to things that enable them to connect, interact, and belong. The motivation is community. The need is to be part of the tribe. And the fear is being rejected. The behaviors is works to be part of a community, makes others feel included, and makes practical choices. Does that sound accurate? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, I love exactly. it. I love it, love it, love it. <laughs> Can you believe that two questions came out with your personality, (laughs) which I'm not surprised at all, based on all the work that you do, what you'd actually do for a living. So it's totally makes sense. So we can talk about this offline, but I did want to ask you, there's five words and I'm going to ask you only four. I want you to define these for me and what they mean to you. Okay. So friendly.
2: Friendly just means being able to to stand in the gap, to be the friend indeed, you know, to a friend in need, to be able to, like I said, to be the resource person, the person that tells you, hey, you didn't get it there, but you can get it this other place. Just being able to bridge that gap and be able to really use my networks, my exposure to support as many people as possible without expecting anything in return, just so that I can be part of the solution to society issues and to society problems. Love it. Empathetic. Empathy, I guess, again, is related. And like I said, you know, I, I'm in a place where you really just have to feel. You have to feel what's happening. You know, I live in Africa. I live in Kenya, living in a space where people just don't know where opportunities are. And I have been so blessed in so many ways to probably have a little bit more. But empathy is what helps me go down and get into their shoes and know, you know what? If I did this for this person, I'd actually take them one step higher out of their space, out of their issue, out of their need, and being able to really get down to their level, whether they're children, whether they youth, whether it's women like me who are struggling to set up their own businesses. And we're at different levels, but just being able to identify with them and to feel with them it's the only way then I can be able to actually do what I do from a point of not being selfish, but from a point of really just the desire to support them and to help them. I love it. One more, inclusive. I guess inclusive for me would come from that point of view that, you know, I'm able to work with anybody and everybody, people from all walks of life, being able to work with younger people, older people, whether it's intergenerational whether it's people from different social economic status, and not really being choosy and not being clicky, but being able to support people across the board and being able to, I just appreciate diversity, and being able to draw different kinds of people and personalities and needs into my space. Wow, that's amazing! So
1: it, it's all connected, right, to kind of what you do and how you are. So I wanted to ask you. You know, I have a question on there that talks about what is your fame story, but it's more about what is your impact story. So I'd love to hear from you. Tell me a story where you felt like you had an impact.
2: Okay. I'd say very, very early in my career. I was living in Tanzania and I got to know of this program I could volunteer in called Junior Achievement. And I volunteered two years of my time in the Tanzanian schools to help them establish this Junior Achievement program, which is about helping young people gain enterprising skills, entrepreneurship skills, through running some programs and and through getting mentors from the corporate sector. And two years into the volunteering, I was then asked to come and start the program here in Kenya. So I came back to my country and I actually started Junior Achievement and ran it for about six years. The impact it had on the children, the young people, we were working with young people in primary school and secondary school, and some of them today, many years down the line, I meet them on the streets and they say, I'm running my own company because you helped me do the company program. We introduced the job shadowing programs, the internship programs. They had such an impact on so many young lives and, and they definitely did change a generation. I think for me, that is something I always take pride in. It was very, very difficult, you know, taking a concept that was so foreign And bringing it back to my country and customizing the whole concept to be able to align or to be accepted by the stakeholders, right? From government to the schools, you know, the stakeholders were so diverse. I was so young. And just being able to handle the complexity of that, I must say, it took a big toll on me, but I learned a lot and it had such a big impact I know I featured a lot in the local media, in the newspapers, just because I did something that, that really did have an impact. I'm really, really glad that I put myself through that. Well,
1: congratulations on that, because I know it's, it's a big deal. I think maybe you talk a lot about your father because he's a big leader as well in the community. I can relate to that because there's certain things about your family that you connect with. And my father has a very big personality as well. He was a rebel in his own right, but it was very interesting to be in that sort of presence and always care about individuals and connect with other individuals and making sure that the community was together.
0: We thank our sponsor, BespokeBranding.io, tailored branding to reach your ideal client. Gain a deeper level of understanding to empower your brand and purpose and rule the market. We know what it's like to journey from a place of feeling overwhelmed and undervalued to being powerful, understood, and authentic. Your brand identity allows you to live your purpose. The Brand Therapist has 20 years of branding and design experience, has transformed billion-dollar brands, and has eight plus years of guiding women entrepreneurs to realize their potential. I invite you to take the brand quiz and you can find it at www.bespokebranding.io. What would you
1: say Susan's brand is about? Your personal brand, what is
2: that all about? So my personal brand I'd say when I put myself out there when people say, who is Susan and what's Susan up to? I think it's that power to inspire, to motivate, and also just to provide solutions, be innovative and creating solutions that are not necessarily there, just carving my new paths. I live in a context where sometimes if you're looking for the norm, the status quo, it's not there. And therefore, there's always need to think differently and say, okay, if if I'm going to help these young people out of youth unemployment or graduate unemployment, I need to look at things completely differently. I need to engage with completely different stakeholders. So I'd say my brand is around that ability to introduce new concepts into existing problems and challenges around me and being able to take that risk and stand there and say, you know what, it's me, I am here, I know this will work. I'm testing things just like we did with Junior Achievement many years ago. And I didn't give you also the story that I had when I was in Australia again, going into Australia. And this is like 20 years ago, not many people of my color and starting a woman owned business and going in with so much faith and actually succeeding to a point where I inspired about 10 other African women to start a similar business. And they're all thriving And with people saying to me, hey, are you not fearing racism? There's not many African women that are doing what you're doing. But I go in there and saying, no, I haven't experienced it myself. So I'm going to try it because I don't see the barrier. It's not personal to me. I think that ability to push and to be almost face life with an element of naivety and trying things and saying, you know what, I want to try things myself and pushing those kind of barriers, a lot of courage. So I'd say there's courage in there and uh, lots of internal self-confidence that is driven by the faith, knowing that if I am driven by the right motives, the right objectives, there will always be a way out. Yeah, so I'm a positivist.
1: I love that. A positivist. That's a new word. We
2: got to start using that. I'm a positivist, yeah. And I haven't solved all the problems. There's so many problems to solve. But you know what? The little I can do in my generation, I'll do it. What is your greatest fear based on that? I think my greatest fear is just not achieving enough. You know, I'm looking at my age and thinking, oh, my God, years are going so fast. And I still have so much that I want to do. And I almost feel like I'm running against time. And my fear is not achieving everything and and really making the impact that that I would like to make. You know, I really when I pray, I just tell God, you know what, just keep me strong. Give me good health because I really really do have a lot to achieve and therefore I do trust and believe that I will I will get to impact a lot of people and be able to to really be a solution provider for as long as possible
1: so if I asked you what are three lessons learned in your life what would those three lessons be
2: I'd say is the lesson of patience it's been a very interesting month I've been going through a series on sowing and reaping and one message that's coming up very strongly for me and a big lesson is that in between sowing and reaping there's waiting it was never a strong point and it's still not a very strong thing for me to sit and wait you've planted you gotta wait you know for them to germinate and as you wait you gotta learn patience so patience is something i am learning because sometimes i want results now and it just that won't happen i have sowed the seed it needs to take its time to germinate so that I can reap the harvest in whatever it is I am doing. That has been a big life lesson for me, just learning to graciously be, wait for actual results once I have done my work and just learning to wait. That's been a big one. And that one is just the lesson of remaining really, really humble. I've learned that everybody has their story. Everybody can give you something. Here in Africa, we live in, play, in homes where we we live with people who help us with all manner of tasks. You know, we have people that support us with gardening and all that. That just is the life around here. And sometimes you can find sometimes in some context, you know, people developing all manner of attitudes and things like that. One thing I have learned is that even my house helper, she has something that she can give me. She has a story. And therefore, just learning to respect everybody and really uh, poke into their wisdom because everybody has their element of wisdom and therefore remaining rooted, remaining grounded, remaining humble, no matter how elevated one feels like life has taken them, it's a big lesson for me. And I'd say my third one would be around, I would say one big lesson I have learned, not to lose my grounding, not to lose my true north. Even as life takes me in different directions. And my true north for me remains my family, staying rooted to my family, staying committed, you know, staying loyal to those people that I need to stay loyal to no matter what life throws at me. For me, that has helped me just knowing that I've got a reference point. I've got a true north. No matter what's happening, what's my reference point? At the end of the day, I got to come back to a home. I got to come back to a house. I got to come back to children and, and, and mothers and fathers. And, and I got to respect all that. So staying rooted in, in essential and fundamental relationships that help me remain mentally and emotionally grounded, for me, I've learned is really, really important, even as I progress and I push forward with all my many agendas and plans. Yes, I love that.
1: Where do you see Susan going in the next five to 10 years? Where do you see yourself?
2: Wow, Yamilka. In the next five to 10 years, I see Adelco being at a space where we're placing so many African talent across the world. So are IT engineers, whether they are marketers, connecting them with opportunities at such a scale that we're actually affecting the gross domestic product of our country and our continent. But we're able to say Africa, Africa is shifting. There's a shift. Youth unemployment rates are changing because opportunities that are in the Western countries have started streaming very well. That's right now is happening in India, in the Philippines because of the BPO's. Africa is still a new and emerging market around business process outsourcing. And those are opportunities that can be there for our young people. And because we cannot be able to bring all Africans into Europe, But we can be able to bring Europe into Africa by opening up those outsourcing opportunities. So anything that will help elevate and make sure that our young people are occupied, they're having meaningful work that is helping them look after their children, take their children to school, give them health care, give them a shelter. For me, that is my total commitment. I have nothing else to live for but that through Adelco. And therefore, I come out there, I, I put myself forward and say, give us the opportunities. We are here, we're reliable, we're committed, we are ethical, and we are willing to do whatever it takes to create these opportunities and to stand in that bridge and create that connection. So for me, in five to 10 years, I expect that I'll have done so much of this and probably I'll just be a group chair and I will be running this massive operation and employing thousands of people across Africa and impacting many lives.
1: I love your vision. It's so impactful. And it looks so much more beyond what somebody can do at a smaller level. So I love it. It's so beautiful. And I wish you all the best there. But before we go, I wanted to ask you, where can people find you, Susan? Where do you like to hang out on social media?
2: So I do love to hang out on LinkedIn. So you'll find me on LinkedIn. I do get involved there. I'm really working on the other aspects of social media.
1: Well, that's amazing.
2: And what are you on LinkedIn? Susan Kamenwa or? Yeah, Susan Kamenwa. Yes, yeah, Susan Kamenwa Waveru. I am there on LinkedIn. Yeah, please give me a shout and uh, I'll be very happy to connect yeah, and to chat.
1: Well, I am so honored to have been able to interview you today all the way from Africa. We're here in the U.S. and love connecting with people. We had a guest from Australia on the other day, which was very difficult with the timeline, but it worked out. So I so appreciate your time and that you come on the podcast. And I wish you all the best for all your endeavors. You're amazing. So I'm sure it'll be incredible.
2: Thank you so, so much, Amilka. I do appreciate your well wishes. And let's keep in touch. Of course, always. And for everybody
1: else, thank you so much for listening to The Brand Therapist Podcast. I'll see you on the next
0: show. Thank you for listening to The Brand Therapist. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on your favorite pod player. If you would like to connect on social, you can find me at Yamoka Rodriguez Branding or bespokebranding.io. And if you would like to do the brand character quiz, go to bespokebranding.io and click on brand quiz, or you can email me at yamilka at yamilka.com. Thanks for listening and I'll catch you on the next episode.